0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Our Athletes. Um, today we have Justin Wright. My name is Michael Rozille, by the way. I'm the host where I get to talk to Olympic athletes on their story and path to the games. And as I said, today we have Justin Wright. He's a swimmer, went to the University of Arizona, currently at the University of Arizona. Um, but he is a really interesting dude. What he's been able to do so far, what he has done, what he will be doing. Um, just a really fun conversation with him. He was very interesting little hiccup with the audio once or twice, but we fixed it. I bet you guys won't even know. The only reason you know is because I told you, right? But um, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Justin's a super cool dude, so I hope you guys really can take what he's done and be able to utilize it, understand having the right people in your corner sometimes is one of the most important things. So other than that, guys, hope you enjoy the episode. Another special guest today, we have Justin Wright. He is of USA Swimming. Justin was born June 3rd, 1996, all the way up in Boston, Massachusetts, and recently, not recently, then quickly um, relocated out to Fresno, California. Justin started swimming at the age of four. He has recently just graduated from the University of Arizona. Wildcats, right? Wildcats. Wildcats, <laughs> yes. I lived in Tempe, and I... Uh, there was uh, some choice words and uh, some interesting ways that you guys talk to each other, Arizona State and Arizona. We don't really have to get into that right now. But um, <laughs> he attended the 2012 and the 2016 Olympic trials. And Justin actually recently just won the 2018 U.S. Nationals uh, for the 200 fly. It's the Phillips 66 Nationals, correct? That's correct. And that was, I mean, as of recording, what was that, like a month ago now, a month and a half ago?
1: Um, yeah, just about.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome. All right, Justin. So, I mean, you're probably way better at telling your story than I am. So if you don't mind kind of, I guess the greatest stories start from the beginning. So if you don't mind, take it away, man.
1: Um, well, it, it depends on how far back do you want me to go all, all the way back to let's do the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, if, right, let's do started. it.
0: We got some time.
1: All right. Yeah. Basically um, where it all started, I was about four and believe it or not, I wasn't like the other kids where I tried out every single sport. Um, my older brother was actually the one that got to do that. Um, and I just kind of followed in his steps. Um, he played all the sports, decided on swimming, and of course, just wanted to be like my older brother. So I went right into swimming um, when I was four years old and basically was kind of following through him through it ever since. Uh, always, always copied everything he did. Uh, believe it or not, we even have the same, same uh, events and everything. Really? Of course, Very cool wanted mm-hmm. to beat him in his best events?
0: Absolutely. And have you?
1: Uh, well, yeah, it, it took a long time. Um, his his pride and joy is still always being able to say, "I was never able to take him down head to head." Um, even though now my best times are definitely better than his.
0: I <laughs> Love it, love it, love it. And how uh, how much how much older is your brother than you?
1: Uh, he's three and a half years old.
0: Three and a half. All right. And some of your times are already better. Well, I mean, you're what twenty two now? Twenty one, twenty two? Yeah.
1: 22 and and he's long since retired
0: I was gonna say at this point yeah I I, you know hopefully he went out on top and you'll never actually be able to beat him exactly so I like the way he did that little mental gymnastics but he made it there right too funny man well very cool so um what what about swimming do you love was it literally just because he did it because I know my brother played baseball because I did you know the whole thing he's younger so so like what what is it did you kind of fall in love with it afterwards or is it just something that literally you only did it because he did it?
1: Um, well, well, I mean, obviously that was the very beginning. Um, but I think, and I think most swimmers would absolutely agree with this. Um, swimming, it's really tough grinding kind of sport. Um, it's impossible. Well, Some people love the training, but I mean, I don't especially enjoy pain. (laughs) So, uh, uh, you know, the training is hard, but the key is the community around swimming. Um, I've made pretty much all of my best friends um, through swimming and that's really what keeps me loving the sport is the, the camaraderie and really in the end it's it, it's the going into battle. Um, I love calling the swimming pool the battlefield. Uh, I think most athletes prefer to their uh, area of competition like that and yeah it's just a lot of fun bringing my best to the table and seeing if I can take on anyone else in the world.
0: I love it man and I mean what does misery love? Misery loves company. So absolutely. All you guys are going to love it. You're all in it together. And it's one of those things where I could really understand how, um, you know, you're all in pain. As you said, you're all kind of just grinding away. But as long as you're with each other, it definitely makes, uh, makes life significantly easier. Exactly. Love it, man. And so I guess if you don't mind, what, what does training look like for a swimmer of your caliber? I mean, I mean, literally you're the best in the United States at something. So let's, Mm -hmm. let's not take that lightly. Congratulations. That's absolutely amazing. So what does training look like for you?
1: Um, well, surprisingly, um, swimming, I think is kind of a somewhat underdeveloped sport. I think modern swimming is relatively new. Um, basically like 90s to now is what i would call the age of modern swimming um anything before that they didn't even use goggles you know it's it's wild um so really there's still quite a few different um training styles that Mm -hmm. and there's even more developing now popping up um but right now we still kind of um follow a sort of more traditional um type of training methods So I do basically a lot of butterfly, (laughs) um, which most people would find absolutely insane. Um, But the key to my race is I'm really good in the second half. And so to build that endurance, I kind of just have to do a lot of butterfly. Mm -hmm. And that's the basis of my training is putting in the yards, meters, everything, and making sure that when I'm at my most tired, I can still perform my best.
0: That does sound. Uh, I think your words you use were absolutely insane. Yes, that, that sounds absolutely insane. So essentially, and it makes exactly. sense. And you know, if the second half is where you're trying to shine, um, yeah. you really want to make sure that your endurance is highest. So how do you get better endurance? You just keep doing it, right? <laughs> like that's. Exactly, I mean, yeah. I guess it's it's uh, I guess it's not rocket science, but um, because exactly, yeah. it works for humans, so that that is pretty incredible. So good stuff. So what um I mean, so you went to the 2012 games or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, you went to the 2012 Olympic trials. You were mm-hmm. relatively young. I mean, that was six years ago. So what, you were 16, yeah, I, I, I guess. 16, 16. So what was that experience like being up against some of the best in the country, essentially some of the best in the world?
1: Um, yeah, no, it was absolutely mind-blowing. Um, I kind of went into it with absolutely no expectations. I mean, a year before that, I had just started to really get good in, you know, national sense. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I was I felt lucky to even be there. Um I didn't expect to do as well as I did. I I think I placed something like 23rd. Um so yeah, I was extraordinarily happy with just being there.
0: Yeah. I mean, 23rd in the country at you know, one of our best sports, especially yeah. Olympic wise. That's incredible, dude, and you're 16 years old. Like what a- if someone told me, if someone told 16 or 17, however, 15 year old Mike, like, Hey man, you'll be 20, 23rd best in the country at this one thing. Like my head would get huge. So what, like, what did your ego look like? How did going back to high school feel? Like what was, what was everything around it? What were all the emotions and everything around it?
1: Uh, you know, for whatever reason, I feel like I've always been able to maintain a pretty level head about everything. Um, it, it might help that uh, I always like to say I learned how to get really good at being humble through losing a lot, um, mm-hmm. and that was when I used to play water polo in high school. Uh, we had a incredible swim team at my high school, but terrible water polo team. So I got really good at being bad at something. So I, I think that helped level me out a lot um, to have something I was really bad at but loved doing and had something that I was really good at but loved doing.
0: That's pretty cool. I like that perspective. That's pretty smart. Um, A good way to look at it. And I actually was just lucky enough um, prior to this recording, able to talk to Cammie Craig um, of the females USA team. She actually just retired. So it was great, great, a great opportunity to speak with her and that was incredible. So, um, but yeah, water polo seems like a pretty impressive sport. And I guess if you're bad at it, they not only physically beat you, but mentally are beating you as well. And I could see that being a little difficult um, on your set, your end.
1: Yeah. Uh. Well. And especially because I'm sort of a small guy. Um. But yeah. You know. And, and that actually probably definitely helps the fact that, you know, most people don't look at me and assume I'm very good at anything. Uh, I was just in the in the doctor's office the other day because broke my hand. Oh. Um. Yeah. It turns out I'm bad at basketball too. Oh. Uh, good <laughs> to
2: know. Good to know.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, the 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 doctors they asked me what I do for a living. I said professional swimmer and the doctor kind of laughed and was like okay so what are you like a coach or like a lifeguard or something I was like no I get paid to compete (laughs) and and it just goes to show that uh it 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 kind of helps not looking like a champion either um uh, and I think it's quite a few factors that help me keep a level head about it and don't uh (laughs) don't puff up my ego too much.
0: Mm -hmm. No, absolutely, man. So now I know um, if I was to ever challenge Justin at a sport, it would be basketball. I'm not good at basketball, but I mean, I haven't broken my hand playing basketball, knock on wood. So I guess that's that's a positive in my direction. I'm sure you'd still kick my butt, but until then. So what does... Does being unassuming? I mean, it sounds like it helps you ego-wise and and humble-wise. But does it do, does it then add that chip on your shoulder at all? Knowing everyone kind of just looks at you, kind of scoffs, and it's like, oh, well, I'll beat this guy. Does that help at, at all? I guess on the that, that sense.
1: Um. Yeah. Uh, I'd say it definitely does help. Um. For a while, I thought of it as more of a disadvantage because for the longest time, I always kind of assumes that it it goes without saying, like your physical body is your biggest advantage in, yeah. uh, in any sport. And it turns out in swimming, I, I found out over the years, it's, it's more of your mental capacity is, is a far more important aspect of your performance. Um, cause there's these guys with, you know, incredible physical bodies, but if you don't have the mental edge, then you're not going to get your hand on the wall first. Um, so, so as far as a chip on my shoulder, yeah, I suppose so, just because uh, having people kind of look down at me and be like, I can't believe I lost this little kid, you yeah. um, so, know. So, yeah, there's definitely a chip on my shoulder that helps give me a little more drive.
0: I believe that. I believe that. And then, and then the mental edge you were talking about a little bit. What, um, what do you do? to gain that mental edge. I mean, some of it I'm sure is, you know, nature and nurture, that kind of thing coming up, obviously with your brother, obviously, as you said, losing consistently in something that you really love. But is there anything that you do to try and, like, expand that part of your athletic repertoire, I guess?
1: Well, you know, in sport, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a really tough thing to work on right now because the status quo is your coach knows that mentality is a big deal, right? Mental strength. But no one really has great resources to help you out with it. And I've really, as, as a world-class swimmer, I've been trying to figure out how to help others achieve any kind of mental strength. And, I mean, until recently, it's been a fairly large mystery in my mind. And I think it's a big mystery in the sport on, on how to uh, truly develop mental strength. And as for me, I've, I felt that I always had it. And I think um, I just developed it over the years through what I like to think is the way I actually got good at swimming. Um, I always sort of had rivalries over the years, and I could look at my career based on who was my rival at that point in time. Um, all the way back to the very beginning, I was like nine, ten age group, um, <laughs> racing this guy Bryce Matamura, and and I went through it and having rivals that were close in uh in time to me but always consistently beat me i just go through and focus on one at a time and take one down all right good move on to the next one next one the next one and climb it like a ladder until all of a sudden my rival is the next best in the world you know and i think that has really built up my uh my mental capacity just taking it step by step instead of immediately comparing myself to the best
0: Mm -hmm. that's a really smart way to go better man i mean that's like the probably the best possible way um just take it take it one step at a time obviously as you've been doing and clearly you know not everyone's gonna obviously get to your level but you did it works for you and i think that's you know clearly clearly the best way going about it so that's very cool man i love that a lot so good for you so At age 16 or 15, whatever you were at the time, the 2012 Olympic trials were around. You then go to college. You're at Mm -hmm. um, University of Arizona. Um, Tell us about your time at Arizona and and what that meant to you as a person because obviously college is one of the biggest times where you grow up, in my opinion, because that's what happened to me, Um, Mm -hmm. but also about swimming and how you've kind of been able to exceed um, in swimming there as well.
1: Um, Yeah, so it was kind of kind of a tough experience um for most swimmers you almost never make it to the professional level so if you get to the point where you get a scholarship at a d1 program um then that's considered the the top Mm -hmm. i mean that's basically as far as most people take it um so i was just happy to to really uh have gotten a scholarship and be at a really good school um and, and I didn't expect to go past my four years. I figured, just go do my four years and that'll be it. Um, then I got to Arizona. And I realized that how easy it is to fall in love with a program, to fall in love with a school. And uh, ever since that first freshman year, all I ever wanted was to impact my program as much as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, so that became my drive and my goal. And it was really hard. Um, at some points, I figured uh, I was just going to quit, give up. And that was just about my sophomore year. And, you know, I I pushed through it. Um, uh, I had a lot of people supporting me, helping me out. And thankfully, they were
0: there. That's awesome, man. I love it. Yeah, thankfully um... – There are people, you know, surround yourself with people that are going to push you higher, um, and you can push higher as well. And clearly, you were able to do that. I think it's interesting, though, that you said, you know, even after going to the Olympic trials at such a young age, you were kind of understanding that, like, almost, you know, hey, you know, the really, it's just going to be my four years. At what point, I guess, during your four years, then did you realize that becoming one of the best in the country at something was a legitimate possibility?
1: Um. Honestly, it probably wasn't even until the summer after my junior year i mean so it, it was even a little only bit a couple going,
0: years ago at this point
1: yeah, yeah even going into my senior year i really was questioning whether or not i would be able to be a professional swimmer just because you know the money options are so limited i knew that if i did it i would have to do really well to even just make enough to live on
0: mm-hmm. i just yeah i just think it's very interesting um that even at such a young age when you went to the Olympic trials and you were still on the fence about it up until about last year or two years ago at this point, which is pretty, Mm -hmm. um, pretty incredible. What was the 2016 Olympic trial experience like, especially being kind of smack dab in the middle of your college experience?
1: Yeah. um, Well, I, I'd I'd say it was almost a confidence booster in a way, but almost not. Um, So the way it works at Olympic trials is Everyone does the prelims swim in the morning. And then there's semifinals at night. So, the, so it's two heats of eight. Um, top 16 make it to that. And then out of those guys, the top eight go to finals. And then the top two go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was uh, – uh, I ended up getting ninth um, in the semis. So I was really close to making that A final, which is, which is what I wanted. Um, but not making it was kind of tough. Um, so I was like on the edge of doing something really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so at that point it, it did almost feel like a demotivator, even though looking back at it, I was slowly, but surely taking more and more steps forward. Mm-hmm. They were just smaller steps that I wanted.
0: Naturally. And everyone wants to take giant leaps, of course. Um, but sometimes, you know, it definitely makes sense. I mean, yeah, think about it four years prior, you said you were 23rd this year, you're ninth. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you can make some sort of leap like that again, it would be pretty incredible. And, you know, hopefully, I mean, obviously this past nationals you won. So, I mean, clearly you're, you're taking your steps ahead. Do you feel from those two years, from 16 to 18, did you feel like you made that big of a leap forward?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think uh the the biggest change is now my mentality of um before I was, you know, I had a set limit on my career. It was all right, after four years, I'm all done, that's it. Um and now that I'm kinda looking more forward at what I can really do. Um and without school or anything else distracting me, now it's just swimming. Um uh, now I'm looking at what I can do in the sport. And it's a lot more uh, exciting and refreshing way to be able to look at the sport just in terms of, uh, let's see how far I can take it.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, if you have the opportunity, um, I think it's a cool one to go after. I mean, worst comes to worst. You had a good run. You tried. I mean, but it sounds yep. like you have a very good opportunity to uh, do some incredible things. So tell me a little bit more about your college experience. I know you told me prior that the coaching staff is extremely important to you. What have they done to help you specifically, um, excel and just become an even better swimmer than when you arrived?
1: Yeah. So well, we actually had a really major coaching change. like halfway through, uh, my time in Arizona, it was kind of turbulent, a whole lot of stuff going on. Um, but the newest coaching staff that came in, um, kind of a lot of people had a, a lot of doubts about them um and even us as a team did but looking to you know commit to the program completely we had to buy in to whatever new coach we got because for whatever reason you know the team never had a saying <laughs> who we got mm-hmm. um but yeah so so immediately we got to work and it turns out they were an incredible fit um they are in my mind one of the best staffs in the country and the biggest difference they made for me was really kind of giving me back my drive and my hope for being able to really make something out of my program, um, and also, I guess, by extension, out of myself, and this whole time, they've been incredibly supportive, um, and the training is ha- has been really incredible. I mean, it's well, we worked together to develop this whole new training regimen and everything, and clearly, it's worked. Um, but largely, yeah, they they really do believe in us and me. I mean, I, I was going into this summer looking for you know sponsors and stuff to help support me on my way through 2020, and when I was looking at different uh, different contracts, they always made sure to say, hey. Make sure you're getting a good deal because they don't know it now, but you're going to blow up. Um, So make sure you're getting something that works in accordance to that. Like, don't sell yourself short yet. Like, you absolutely know it's going to happen. And, I mean, they even called what times I was going to go at nationals. And they are like, you should be going for the win now. And I I honestly didn't really believe it. Um, I just kind of thought they were joking. But, no, they were dead serious, and they called it, and they knew it because they had faith the whole time.
0: That's awesome, man. That's super cool. Uh, so what was it uh, specifically about this new training staff? Maybe either ways they did things, mental things that they did to help you guys out. What was it that you really either, was everybody worried about in the beginning, as you said? And then what did they do to really make sure that you guys were solidified as one of the best in the country?
1: Um. Well, uh, I'd say the biggest thing was that they did their best to work with us um, mm-hmm. as, as opposed to, you know, thinking that they had all the answers. Um, okay. They, they definitely worked together with us. And when there's doubts about, say, our sprint, the, the part of our um, team that's all sprinters, they said, all right, we did something that wasn't working. What, what do we need to do to fix it? And they immediately implemented the changes. And now it's been going a whole lot smoother. Um, And even just this summer, we started a few uh, major changes in how we trained our mid-distance, which is what I am. Um, And that was, you know, well, working together to actually, you know, find out something that really works, as opposed to them just coming in saying, all right, this is how we're going to do it. Like, trust, trust my process, believe in it. Uh, no it, it was it was they knew that they didn't have all the answers and they they're learning just as we are and i think that's what's really making them become such a great staff
0: it's always nice when um coaches do give you that respect and and really do let you understand that they aren't you know, end all be all. Um exactly. Clearly some people have that mentality and some people say no, this is how it's done and this and sometimes that works. Um mm-hmm. other times it doesn't. And especially in this situation they realize they did something wrong. Okay. Or not even something wrong, is they could do something better. Um mm-hmm. they fixed it on the fly and realized and go with it. I kind of like being wrong sometimes personally because it makes mm-hmm. me feel more human because then I have right. the ability to get better rather than being extremely stubborn and just pounding my head a wall, against the wall a couple of times. I can just move over to the left and go through the door. So that's always something I like that's uh, pretty important. So it's cool. I'm glad that, you know, the coaching staff, um, that the new one that did come in has helped you significantly and clearly they have, obviously, with calling your time or at least being mm-hmm. with, like, how close to your time were they, honestly?
1: uh, Like, honestly, probably within hundreds cuz yeah um yeah yeah it was it was within so i was 63 they called point 6 so point 06 seconds off mm-hmm. uh, my coach cliff robbins uh he he called it
0: by that much that's pretty cool man that is super yeah. super cool so that that's pretty incredible and clearly again they they had they had your best um um in uh they had your best in mind which is is really impressive so um you kind of explained a little bit, but I just want to make sure the qualification for your specific for, uh, specific discipline, the 200 fly, mm-hmm. you have to be number one or number two, it sounds like. Only two people go. Is that specifically mm-hmm. only at the Olympic trials? So whoever are number one and two at the Olympic trials, they go? Or is there another uh, avenue, I guess, to potentially make the team?
1: Um, well, it, it's interesting because there's so many different ways to qualify for different national teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Olympic trials specifically, um, there's only one route, there's only one meet where you can do it. And basically if if you have a bad, bad race there, then that was your only shot for the next four years. <laughs> Oof.
0: Wow. That is, that is pressure, man. So, I mean, now one's going to be coming up in a couple of years, right? So yep. how do you, now that you kind of don't have to worry about school anymore, you graduated, congratulations. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Now you kind of have these next two years to focus specifically on training and getting your body right. How do you make sure that you're going to be at peak physical condition at that perfect time?
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of the <laughs> hardest part. Million dollar um, question, right? Yeah. No, it, it and and that's something that in swimming, you you might be surprised how often um, an entire team will have a poor meet and they'll say, ah, oh, well, this time around we just we just uh, missed our taper. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the term taper for swimming.
2: Nope. Educate right, well, us.
1: well, basically it's um, you train incredibly hard, you're all broken down all season, and then, you know, two to four weeks out from the meet you start slowly tapering down how much yardage you do so you get more rest so that you're fully recovered for the meet and it's almost turned into this uh uh almost superstitious thing where people think they put in months and months and months of work you can ruin it all by messing up what you do in those mm-hmm. two to four weeks um so, so really, that's that's the biggest mystery in swimming is how how do you properly prepare um, and make sure you're going to be good for your one shot in four years. Um,
0: and especially considering what you were telling us earlier is how you are a second half swimmer, and mm-hmm. the way you train is just by pure and just go and pure endurance. Like that, that must be a ridiculous science to try and master and figure out exactly. Okay. Well, how many? How much? How much should I be swimming? How often should I not be swimming? How many hours? Do you? Do you, Is it? I mean, obviously, it's not throwing darts at a dartboard anymore. But like, what? Without giving us too many secrets, of course. What exactly do you look to do? I guess and try and make sure that again, you only have two. Like, you can do all this work, and then it's that two to four weeks that you said is really going to like almost matter the most. So, like, yeah. what exactly and how exactly right. do you go about it?
1: Um. Well, yeah. I, I've really. I've never truly been of the mentality that I could I could ruin my entire season in those you know two weeks. Um, so uh, I pretty much am good with well whatever my coaches give me in that time. Um, but because uh, I guess I'm kind of different. I always figure that it, it's it's a big deal to have full faith in what you've been doing. To know that no matter what happens, what you've been doing is the best you could be doing. And so going into taper time and all that before the meet, I just have to trust that what I've been doing can't. It w- was so good that it can't be affected by you know two weeks of rest and how yeah. much I rest or how little. So, so really, I, I try and just be level-headed about it and be reasonable and not quite as superstitious as others.
0: And that makes sense. I mean, three years and however many months, um, should not really be immensely affected by those two to four weeks. At least I'm, yeah. that, that makes sense. I like the way you think. Um, plus it's probably a little bit easier for your brain to not worry about it as much and just say, we got this. So that's kind of nice. Exactly. So, um, the last part of it is, you know, what, what are the prospects for 2020? I mean, you're number one in America and the United States for the 200 fly at national. So that's pretty huge. What does, does that put any extra pressure on you now knowing that you should probably within, get better over the next couple of years, right? Like, for yep. the Olympic trials, you should be ready to rock and roll. I mean, obviously, now with your, your hand, maybe you get hmm. some much-needed rest. But, like, what, what are the prospects of 2020 look like for you?
1: Um, yeah, so being currently um, number one in the U.S. for this year, that's uh, well, what most would consider. I've got a really good shot in 2020. Because yeah. I could still be number two and make the team. Um, the hard part is actually making sure that I maintain that spot.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so next year, and, and I already qualified, it, qualified for it this summer, is uh, uh, World Championships. Uh-huh. And hopefully there I can defend my title as number one in the country and maybe even bring home a medal for the U.S., um to solidify my place in the world. <laughs> um but yeah, so so that's going to be the first stepping stone, the first test to see truly where I am at, make sure this uh this time around wasn't a fluke or anything. Um cuz the US is incredibly competitive in swimming. And there's probably six guys that all have almost identical best times to me, but a lot of us are so inconsistent that really only one or two of us ever goes our best times at a big meet so it'll be really interesting to see if at 2020 trials we have six guys with all almost identical best times bringing the heat um so i don't expect it to be easy at all
0: no absolutely and you shouldn't and i mean that's that's uh, what is it there's a couple of cliches heavy is the head that wears the crown you're up top it's much yeah. easier to be the hunter than the hunted right like you're up there and now everyone's looking like Previously, you were looking at that top guy, you tried to get that spot now you got it it's pretty hard um, you know we always used to play King of the Hill when I used to yeah. be in the pool all the time and you know that was the fun part. you just get to beat on that one guy who's up top and try and get him down so you know yeah. man that is incredible, but you know I hope you hope you enjoy it. I hope you realize what an unbelievable um, accomplishment number one in the United States and literally anything is. I think that is just yeah. super cool um, and it's just absolutely incredible and I get the opportunity to talk to you so justin um, that, that's all I got for you today, man. Thank you so much for joining us, explaining everything you're going through, everything that you get to see coming up soon. And uh, other than that, man, I hope you have a wonderful day. I really appreciate it.
1: All right. Yeah, thank you so much.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening to this past episode of Our Athletes. Justin Wright, super cool dude. As you heard, what he's been able to do, I think, is just so much fun. And, uh, you know, hopefully gearing up for 2020, we can see what he's got in store. But, um, yeah, make sure to follow him across all his socials. Everything will be in the show notes, so give him a little bit of love. If you don't got mind following us a little bit, at ourathletes.us on Instagram, michael at ourathletes.us for an email. Let me know some things I can do better. Send me a comment. Just say hi. Let me know you're listening. I'd really appreciate that. Make sure if you don't mind, if I could ask you for one more thing, rate, review, subscribe, share, comment, any of that stuff, just so people know a little bit more about what we got going on over here, because it's not for me. It's for the athletes. I truly believe they don't get enough recognition. That's why I'm doing this. And if there's anything that I can do um, and if anything that you guys could do to help them get a little bit more publicity, well-deserved publicity, I think that would be really important and they'd really appreciate it. So Thank you guys so much one more time, and I hope you have a wonderful day.